Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. There's a short passage about things from the Shoshogi, what is truly meant by training and enlightenment, the summation of Great Master Dogen's teaching. It's in the section on receiving the precepts. It reads, Within these precepts dwell the Buddhas, enfolding all things within their unparalleled wisdom. There is no distinction between subject and object for any who dwell herein. All things, earth, trees, wooden posts, bricks, stones, become Buddhas once this refuge is taken. What is Dogen saying about these non-living physical things? Is Dogen saying that inanimate things may become Buddha? Let's listen once more carefully. Within these precepts dwell the Buddhas, enfolding all things within their unparalleled wisdom. There is no distinction between subject and object for any who dwell herein. All things, earth, trees, wooden posts, bricks, stones, become Buddhas once this refuge is taken. Yes, Dogen says all things become Buddhas. This refuge, he means, is the refuge of the precepts, the guidelines from which Buddhists live. The three refuges are the essence of the precepts, the Buddha refuge, the Dharma refuge, and the Sangha refuge. And the first of these three is the Buddha, 
the wondrous, unfathomable wisdom at the source of all existence, the Buddha nature within all that is. Dogen is saying that once we can see Buddha in all things, to us all things become Buddha when we can truly see them. All things become Buddha. It's very fine to express our heart's wish to help all living things as we do in the Bodhisattva vows. In Soto Zen practice, we may go even further. Sentient beings are not the only form of being in which Buddha nature resides. How may I come to know Buddha? How may I realize my Buddha nature? How am I with the non-sentient? Often, that which is inanimate is helping me by easing my way. Sometimes, a physical thing like a computer or a granite rock face offers me the opportunity to persevere. Always the non-sentient and I exist in tandem with each other. We affect each other. What might I have to learn from my non-sentient friends? This is not anthropomorphism. This is what Tozan and Kazan call the teaching of the non-sentient. The teaching of the non-sentient can be very clear, impersonal, straightforward, grounding, and unmistakable. Sentience is defined according to context. In science, sentience may mean intelligence or the ability to manipulate tools. In philosophy, sentience may mean having any form of sensory awareness or only that which has consciousness. In Zen practice, sentient generally just means living, feeling, as we meditate, we drop down into the place where we sit, together with all that's around us, near and far. And where Buddha nature is concerned, there is no need to draw a line between sentient and non-sentient. How am I? with everything outside myself with which I interact? Am I aware of these things as having Buddha nature? Do I take care with all things? The material world offers so much. Like a favorite hat, 
chances are, if we take care of it, it will take care of us. As with the sentient ones we love and who love us. As with our neighbors, our communities. How may I make the offering of caring for the physical objects around me? How may I express my gratitude for the help they give me? If I have equipment, do I do my best to keep it clean and maintained? In what voice do I speak to any of our AI friends? With respect? With annoyance? With patience as it adapts to my language and thought patterns? If I rent a car or a house, how do I treat it? I might not be able to afford expensive repairs, but do I take care? Do I do what I can? If all things have the Buddha nature, why not treat all things with respect and gratitude? It's not only sacristy items that are for handling respectfully, a statue on an altar, candles, incense, my cushion and mat. How do I handle the dishes and silverware at breakfast? How do I treat an old tool, a new tool, a rented tool, a borrowed tool? What is my attitude toward the one thing that comes with me just about everywhere I go these days? My phone. What about the things I don't want? How do I sort my recycling, my trash? Am I mindful with where I put things like packaging, broken stuff, items to discard? If I'm donating it for resale, do I clean it first? How am I with things that are not new, that are not perfect? Things that have been doing yeoman service since before I was born. What about my attitude of mind with whatever is in my temporary care, owned by some collective? Materials that belong to the company or the shop or the school. My work truck from the fleet. Do I treat personal possessions with more or less respect than I treat the possessions of others? Do I take things that aren't really offered for taking with me, like supplies from the office, without thinking twice? There is a precept on not stealing. It covers the non-sentient as well as other aspects of not taking what is not freely given. It begins, the mind and its object are one. The gateway to enlightenment stands open wide. It says the gateway to enlightenment does indeed stand open wide, for the true mind of the Buddha and the jewel are one and the same. 
The precept on not stealing ends with, he who steals can only ever rob himself. The jewel is the Buddha nature. Haven't you caught sight of the priceless gem glistening from within the most ordinary of yard sale items? Consider the example of the old white porcelain Guan Yin statuette. To the next person, it's one more tchotchke. To another, it might even look like junk, but to you or me, it may be a treasure to polish and cherish on a homemade altar shelf for the example of compassionate joy that shines from within it. Tozan says, See, the wooden figure sings and the stone maiden dances. This is far beyond all common consciousness, beyond all thinking. That thing in my hands that I wish to let go, to give as an offering or a gift, whatever it may be, how may I open my heart and offer it freely? How may I let it go without still holding on to it, free of expectations, free of self? How may I offer it up, offer it back into the great flow of matter from which it came, to which all of us return? And when I receive, how may I accept what is offered selflessly for my benefit without clinging to preferences? What is it like to live from the mind where there is no distinction between subject and object? Dogen says, Within these precepts dwell the Buddhas, enfolding all things within their unparalleled wisdom. He's reminding us that all are enfolded within the Buddha heart of the precepts. We know this. He's reminding us. We're in there too. We, who are made of ashes and dust and the essence of Buddha, there among all the other things, whether we're aware of it or not. And the heart of the precepts is enfolded within all things, including machines and trash and infrastructure, including the water we wash in and the ground beneath our feet. All things. Wooden posts, bricks, stones become Buddhas. Once the refuge of the precepts is seen and our true nature embraced, Buddha is everywhere.
This kind of seeing may happen all at once, or it may happen gradually. It may happen both all at once and gradually. I may catch glimpses of what looks like Buddha in other beings and things around me, and I may catch sight of something like Buddha in myself as it flashes through from time to time. All things have the Buddha nature, and all things may teach. The next time I'm doing some simple task involving things, let me take care. As I fold the clothes, sweep the porch, sort out the garage, do the spring cleaning, not just with attention, also with compassion, love, wisdom, like Buddha, as best I can, willing to see things in a new way from the innermost heart. As I work, as I live, I can let go of where I grab, where I push, where I distort what simply is. These Things I'm carrying, sorting, dusting, using, collecting, giving away, they are all holy. Letting go of likes and dislikes, in its own way each one is sacred. How may I see clearly from heart to heart? Letting go of the separate self, how may I remember Buddha? Or how I am with all things is largely also how I am with myself and with other sentient beings too. Shakyamuni Buddha was enlightened together with all things. The wealth of Buddha nature in existence is inexhaustible. When we recognize Buddha nature in all things, then things may come and go more lightly as they pass through our hands, and we become willing to take greater and greater care with them as they pass through as we pass through. While training as a novice in Japan, young Reverend Jiu saw the pure Buddha nature quite clearly in a bucket of wash water. This was not an intellectual or emotional understanding. This was what she would later call sanctifying the mundane and always becoming Buddha. She found the words to express her understanding to the monk who was assigned to instruct her, as she recounts in her book, The Wild White Goose, 
Here she is, speaking to the other monk of what she had seen with her whole being. She says, Eating and going to the toilet and washing clothes and scrubbing the floor are all part of the with, for they are all expressions of the Buddha nature. I stopped, amazed at myself. Go on, he said. And the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and the digging of the earth and the flowing water these two are all expressions of the Buddha nature, and the tongue I use to speak these words, and the food I eat, and the differences in the tastes. By comparing them you can. Yes, that's what the scripture means. By comparing them you can distinguish one from other. And yet they're all the same thing. They're all expressions of the Buddha nature there is no way in which they can be separated off from it. There is no way in which one can separate off any person or being or any living thing. Even when we've lost sight of where she's pointing, deep down nothing no thing is separate from us, and all is Buddha. Even if we've not yet glimpsed this consciously, we know this. We can treat things with care, and taking care with all things, all things may begin to reflect the care we show them. All is one, and all is different. All is Buddha. Taking refuge, how could we not, with all things, become Buddha? Tozan writes, Wondrous, wondrous indeed. The Dharma teaching of the non-sentient is beyond imagining or words. Listening with your ears, you will find it hard to comprehend, but hearing its sound with your eyes, you can know it directly.
Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart That Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings, including you, wherever you may be.